welcome to this episode of Voicing, a podcast from the Digital Media and Innovation Lab in Ellis Library. I'm your host, Nav Kanal. I'm the head of e-learning technologies at the University of Missouri Libraries. In the next few episodes, we are talking about students' experiences with studying abroad, how their experience was in their host country, what did they gain from it, what is the process students go through here at the university to study abroad. Today, we're talking to Andrew Wheelahan. Andrew is a junior in early childhood education. So as an early childhood education major, you are, you're working at a local school, or you worked at a local school. Correct, yes. Uh, actually, on Wednesday was my last day. It was very emotional. I was crying a, a bit. A couple of kids were crying. It was really sad. Mr. Andrew will miss you, but I was at the Atelier School. It's a private creative learning school. Um, they have a primary program, which is like, I think they have, they serve two-year-olds through five-year-olds, and then they have a K through five school as well. So I was with the five-year-olds. Um, as an early childhood teacher or major, I want to teach between preschool and first grade. So this was a, it was, I had a great semester. Um, and you did your study abroad in your sophomore or junior year? Actually, I have completed two uh, separate trips for study abroad, and I'm about to complete a third this summer. Um, I'm a transfer student. I First, I studied at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, so I went to the dark side. I'm from here. <laughs> I'm from Columbia, but I, I went to KU for two years, and while I was there, I was able to study abroad in, in England in the fall of 2019, and I transferred to Mizzou in COVID, around COVID time. <laughs> and last summer, I was able to study in Spain, which that was great. And then this summer, I'll be, I'll be going to Peru, also with Mizzou. So in my experience, I'll have gone twice through Mizzou. Wow. So you're, you're a repeat offender. Yes, yes. I'm, <laughs> you, I'm very fortunate to, to have had the opportunities to go study abroad. So at KU, I was, it was only me. It was more of like a direct exchange with the college I was going to in England. I went to the University of Reading, which is about 30 miles to the west of London. Yeah, and when, when you went uh, to... Reading, Reading, yep. Reading, Reading, yep. Was was that where you taking like a whole sleuth of classes as if you were a you know regular basically, student? Basically, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was basically okay. just a normal student over there. Nice. Um, I was only taking three classes here, which or classes over there. But the way it works is that would basically be equivalent to fifteen credit hours. So each each course was worth five hours for KU. Um, each class only met once or twice a week, which is common in the UK. They only meet once or twice a week in person. Mm. And then asynchronous, they're supposed to do everything else. So all the papers, there's really not any homework or assignments along the way. It's just you're expected to show up to the classes once or twice a week, do all the homework and the readings. And then at the end of the year, there's one paper, which is basically your entire grade. So don't do what I do and wait till you get back home from England to start on the papers. Because <laughs> I, I was having my best, I was doing my best life over in England and I got back and I still had to write my essays. And that just, it was not as much fun when you're doing a paper for the class you took stud, study abroad, but sitting up in your bedroom. Yeah. I would not advise doing that, but it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, and and the ones the the your trip to Spain that you went to was that part of a department, part of yes. another yes. independent. I'm a Spanish minor. After okay. I, after this summer, I'll have my Spanish minor. But yeah, so I took two Spanish classes last summer in Oviedo, Spain, which is in the north. Okay, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so I was I was I stayed with the host family. Um, who spoke Spanish, obviously, from Spain. So I was not able to just fall back on English. I had to, you know, step, step out of my comfort zone and continue speaking Spanish with them. I took classes at a university in Oviedo that focuses on language learning. Okay. That was really helpful. 
Okay. Yeah. And were you taking general classes as well or more focused um, on language and language that, learning? It was just two Spanish courses. That was okay. just over the summer. So it was at a, like the School of Languages, basically. Okay. So it was just, it was teachers who are taught to teach languages, basically. So that was a contrast too, like being a student, like being immersed in everything, like just being a normal student, going out and going on trips and stuff. Whereas last summer in Spain during COVID, a lot of things were shut down. Yeah. And I was with a group of about 30 Mizzou students. So it was it was a bit different, but both experiences were, were amazing. Nate, and well, for the uh, for the family that you stayed with right. there, mm -hmm. was that organized by the university here? Yeah, or at least the family that I stayed with. I think I was their fifteenth or sixteenth student, and so like they're like they they host exchange students okay. every year. And um, and when you were there, mm -hmm. uh, you said it was an immersive experience. Did In you? Spain, yes. Was it, it tiring? Was it rewarding? Uh, let's see. So it, at times it was tiring, but it was also rewarding. I wish, like. There was there was about 30 of us from Mizzou, and we did like we did things together. Not necessarily like, all of us together, but there were, like now, did everybody like, stay groups in, kind of formed. Yeah, did they all stay in different families or? Yes, okay, yes, everyone good. was in their own family. But say after school, we would like do things with different groups, mm. and most of the time they would we would just speak English, which I like I was like I would try and speak Spanish with some of them, but I mean it's it's easy to fall back onto English. But mm. I think it's important that you just try to speak Spanish. Like when I was going to the locals. Most like most like people who work in hospitality, they speak English as mm, well. That's right. But yeah. as me, someone who's trying to learn a different language, I want to be able to use that. But I was able to find a, a nice balance, but like with my friends and then my host family, and I, I gained confidence as well from the start to the end in only a short month. Yes. And how did you uh, decide to do this study abroad program with Mizzou, where you went to with Spain? Uh -huh. uh, and how did you prepare for it? Right, how did I prepare for it? So I took Spanish in high school. Okay. Um, and then when, when I went to KU, I stopped taking Spanish. Um, when I transferred back to Mizzou, I thought, you know what, I might try and you know start Spanish again. So I entered in a class. And then I was like, you know what, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to try to go for a minor. And so then in the... Let's see, last spring, yeah, last spring I, I took two Spanish courses. I took an intensive writing and an uh, intensive conversation class. So that was a great preparation for me because I had, what, Spanish every, or I had twice, twice a day, three days a week, which, so that's like two hours of Spanish, and I was able to help that. I also played on a soccer team mm -hmm. with, and the, and the population on the team is mostly Hispanic or Spanish speaking, so I'm able to practice there as well. Um, but unfortunately, this summer, I'm not taking any Spanish classes this spring. I have no room in my schedule. As a future teacher, our schedules are packed. So I'm a little bit, not skeptical, but a bit nervous because I haven't had as much practice. Um, I have been taking advantage of, there's this program from with Mizzou. It's called Compañeros de Conversación, which is they pair me or students learning Spanish with people in the population who are mm -hmm. trying to learn English. And so we can speak in English and Spanish to each other and kind of forge a friendship. I've been lucky enough to, there's a girl, a girl she's a student, she's also going on the Peru trip with me. And she's she, me and her meet. And then there's this, this dude, his name is Alberto. He's from Spain. He just got here last year. He's trying to work on his English. Okay. And he loves soccer as well. So yeah. me and him, I invited him onto my team. And so he's kind of... In, I'm able to integrate him into the community too through through Mizzou and their programs. So, so it sounds like with uh, you might have found 
something you could dive right into when you went both to England and Spain with your with your interest and yes, your for sure. in soccer. Yes. I always knew or I always had a dream that I would go see a game in England someday. And that happened. I was thankful for that. I actually chose the college I did in England. It was between three or four, but I chose this one because it was the closest to the team that I support, Southampton. So I said, all right, I'm gonna go here because it's close to the team that I wanna watch. So I was in Europe, I traveled through Europe too. I was in Europe for, I think, yeah, 12 weeks and I was able to see 13 games in mm -hmm. four different countries. So I really made the most of my opportunities. Uh, what were your favorite haunts? What were your favorite places when you were in Oviedo? In Oviedo. So in Oviedo, they're in the region Asturias, which is, mm -hmm. it's all different. So it's almost like pastoral, for, mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. They have mountains, yeah. like the, the topography in northern Spain is much different. The weather, it's rainy sometimes. We were there in July and it was like mid-60s, low-70s every day. It was perfect. Um, the food is fantastic. They have, they're famous for this drink called Sidra. It's basically like cider, yeah. mm -hmm. but they pour it from really high in the air uh -huh. and like the way it hits your cup it's definitely an acquired taste it's kind of bitter yeah and, and did you travel elsewhere in Spain while you were there yes yeah, so time. we were there for four weeks and okay. on some weekends there was a trip every weekend I think the oh, first nice. weekend was where we went kayaking was that planned by the um, university yes one was okay. planned sort of or so Dr. I don't know if it was or Professor Reina Yvonne Reina yes. and Mamadou Biadani, I think his last name is. Is how you say it? They they were kind of they kind of said this is really fun. This is what students have done in the past. Mm -hmm. So the first weekend we went kayaking. The second weekend we went on a bus tour to Covadonga mm -hmm. and another place that had like an ancient Roman bridge. Mm -hmm. It was very very scenic as well. And then the last weekend, this is where we split up. So most of the people went in separate groups to Barcelona. But me and three other kids, their students, we went to the Basque region, which I think is, personally, I think it's better than Barcelona. But so we, we went to Bilbao and San Sebastian. Mm -hmm. um, San Sebastian, the, be the beaches there, oh, oh, they are some of the most beautiful in the world. And the Basque region is totally different than the rest of Spain. Uh, they prefer to call themselves the, the Basque country. They don't mm -hmm. see themselves as Spaniards. They have their own language, their own customs, and they, in the future, they might be, they, they might leave Spain. I mean, they have the financial resources to be able to do that. But it was, it was almost like the Portland of the U.S. Like it's very hipster. If that makes sense. Like uh -huh. they're, they're very different than most Spaniards. Like their attitude and everything is just completely different. But and in the Basque region, they're known for these food. It's like tapas, like the the typical Spanish tapas. But yeah. instead of tapas, they call them pinchos. Uh -huh. And like there, there's this restaurant that just serves pinchos. It's famous. It's just like this bite size bite sized meals. Probably at thirty or forty different pinchos. Yeah. It was insane. And um, so, what was unexpected? I guess you you, you traveled some, but what, yes. what was unexpected? Yes. Well, so in Spain, um, when I got there. Uh, the, the place where I met my host. So I stayed with two host dads. Um, they weren't legally married, but they had been together for I think 20 or 30. Like, they were basically married. But one of them worked worked late, and one of them is a, a drag queen, which is totally cool. I'd never seen a drag show before, so I was excited to be able to go. But the place where we met was actually at his, at his, at his club, which was a gay bar. And so that was... That was unexpected. Like I didn't expect my first place to go in Oviedo to be to be a gay bar. It was cool. I mean, there was no one there because it was still like what seven o'clock at night. But he was getting ready for his drag show, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool. This is 
this is something unique and new that I I would never have gone gone to on my own in the U.S. I mean that's the thing with like with traveling abroad you ne- you really you can plan but you, you really never know what's gonna happen like things like this could happen and you just never know but yeah it's important to be able to just go with it and learn from it I mean it was fantastic yeah. And now, did you find Spain in particular to be fairly affordable? Um, yes. No, I would say where we were, it's more affordable. I would say like tourist places like yeah. Barcelona or Madrid or the islands like Mallorca and stuff, that would be more expensive. But where we were, it was pretty cheap. I mean, you can go into the store and buy a bottle of wine for a dollar. Yeah. I mean, granted, it may not be the best wine in the world, but still, a dollar wine, it's going to be pretty good. Food is fairly cheap, too. There are some places that we ate out that were a bit on the more expensive side, but in general, it's very it's very affordable to be in Spain. Now, was there any particular um, difficult aspect of studying abroad, the experience itself? Yeah, I would say, obviously, the language barrier mm. can sometimes be rough. Um, not so much for me this time, but it, it's possible to be homesick and lonely. I was only there for a month, and I was with friends. Um, it's difficult to, to like be six or, six or seven hours ahead of you, uh, your friends and family back home. Mm. Um, there are things that you can see that may be like you're missing out on, but also like you have to realize that you're doing all these things that, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like you have these moments for life. I mean, you just have to make the most of the friends that you're with there and the people you're with there and just live in the moment there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like that can be kind of challenging, especially for me, because I'm very like, I'm around my family a lot. So being without them for a month was kind of was kind of difficult. Um, yeah. Obviously, I had experience before for three months when I was in England, hmm. but it's just different. Yeah, and uh, so w- with that, um, how did you communicate back right. home? Was right. it um, phone? Yeah, apps? I texted my. I mean, I text. I still text with my parents every mm. day. Um, I sent Snapchats of just random things I would see. Like I would just Snapchats of my walk to class. I would take videos of things I was doing. I would. Yeah, I would FaceTime them sometimes. Like I would, one day I FaceTime my dad on my walk to school so he could see what it was like when I walked to school. Or yeah. I guess walked back, because when I was walking it was like 3 a.m. But <laughs> on my walk back from school, so they were able to see different things that I was doing and feel like they were part of my experience. And do you think your experience as a whole of studying abroad, both um, to England and and to Spain, do you think it changed your perspective of the world or yes. how has it influenced yes. your perspective of the world? Yes. Um, it's kind of cliche, but mm. I would say yes. Obviously, traveling can open your horizon, broaden your horizons. Um, I, I want to be a teacher and mm-hmm. part of being a good teacher is being culturally responsive. So by having opportunities to go tra- travel abroad, meet new cultures, places that you we're not we're not familiar with or didn't know anything about that can really help you with your with in my in my field with my future students like knowing that they come from different backgrounds and different perspectives like now I know what it's like to be the outs not the outsider but someone who's in an environment with everyone who's the from one place and you're from the other place like I know what's I know what it's like to be the only one now or someone who doesn't speak the language or so I know now I guess I have more empathy with other people that they're coming from a different place and they might feel uncomfortable. And uh, did, did it change your perspective or how did it change your perspective of home, looking back? Of home. Um, I definitely, when I came back, I was able to critique things or see things from a different view, mm-hmm. especially when I was over in Europe and when I was in both times, I guess. Like I, 
I, I would just be curious. I would ask people what they thought of America. When I was in England, Trump was still in office. So I mm-hmm. said, oh, what do you think of him? It's just, it was cool to see how people thought of America, like not America and what their thoughts were. Like mm-hmm. I have friends here who are not from America, but it's different asking them in America than asking people in other places what they think of my country. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it was cool. Like I was able to kind of take a step back and watch America act and not feel it like directly. So, yeah, it was just different to be able to see how America interacts in the world from a different perspective. So, I mean, I, I think I know your answer to this next question. Yeah. Uh, how, would you recommend study abroad to other students? No. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely I would. I would say study abroad as much as you can. Yeah. I know not all, student, not all people have the financial resources to be able to do that. And I don't really myself either. I got a bunch of debt that I'm going to have. But... For me, at least for me personally, I think it's worth it. Um, I mean, it's a once in a lifetime chance. Yes, it's possible to travel after you graduate, but it's not the same. Like while you're while you're doing a study abroad trip, you really have no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay bills. You don't have to get a car, or rent a house in in a foreign country. You just have to study, and that's it. Really, it's the way I saw it, it was more of like a vacation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I got my stuff done, but other than that, like. I mean, you're free to do whatever you want in a foreign country. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, not many people have the chance to say that. At Abazoo, there's programs in every continent, almost every country, any discipline. There are winter programs, summer programs. If you're thinking, oh, I can't, I don't have time or I can't afford it, like, there are scholarships that can help you, especially the programs in the winter and the summer. And they even have a spring break one. It's like just one week. It's not as expensive. I mean, it's not as intense, but you still get the experience of just living and existing in another country. I mean, that's just, that's fantastic. And getting that chance to just experience the culture. And and meet new people as well. I mean, I'm still in touch with a bunch of my friends from England. That was, that's close to three years ago. I mean, if I'm ever in Europe, there are 10 or 12 countries that I can, that there's a place to stay if I need it. And that's that, that's pretty cool. And um, with Peru, that trip is coming up. Yes. How, are you, oh, how are you preparing? Are you looking forward to it? It's coming up close. I was just, I was on my calendar and I leave June 2nd and it's what, May 6th now? That's less than a month. Um, I don't know a thing about my host family yet. Um, I didn't know about my host family at this time when I was going to Spain last mm. year. I'm not worried. Um, yeah, again, I'm... I'm not only anxious. I'm just excited. I just want yeah. to go. Yeah. I just want to go. Yeah. How does how does the I guess the school the program help you out with this uh, with with the right? Uh, they're very accessible. Um, they respond very quickly. At least my program director Becky. Okay. Um, she's really good at responding and answering any questions you have. There are a couple orientations that you you go to and attend, and you can ask questions from previous from students who have attended previous programs. Um, there's an online application portal, and there's a bunch, like it's, it lays it out for you, things you have to do, like they ask for your passport information, your flight itinerary, and all these things, so that they make sure that you're good to go. Like once you've got the check mark, like you're good, you don't have to worry about, it. they'll take care of everything for you, and that's really nice. So uh, what city in Peru are you going to? Okay, so this program is actually in two cities. Well, the courses that we'll be taking are in Lima. Okay. It's actually like a, the school where we'll be in is like a block from where Professor Ivan grew up in. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Like his house is like a block from where we'll be studying, which is really cool. So I, I believe we'll be there for three and a half weeks or three weeks. And then the, the last week we'll be in Cusco, 
which is where Machu Picchu is, and there's a lot more like Incan history things in Cusco. I believe that's up in the mountains. So the altitude, I haven't been altitude training, so I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, I guess at least if you walk up and right. from from the bottom, yeah. then you're you easier to get acclimated as opposed yes. to if you fly up yes. there. Or, yes, uh, that's for sure. Yep. And then I'll come back here with an iron lung, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, then you know you can compete in any marathon right, right. or anything right here. <laughs> the next marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew, it's been so much fun talking to you, and oh yes, I, I hope you I, I hope you have the best trip down to Peru, and good Me luck too. with all Me that. Too, yes. And uh, we're talking around finals time, so yes. good luck on your Thank finals. You, sir. Thank you for listening to Voice In. I'm Nav Kanal. And I'm Mia Marchiori. And this is Voice In. Until next time. Bye.